raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to the Technical File Podcast for Thursday, March 23rd. Yeah, I forgot the date. My bad. 2017. I am your host, Mr. Manny Brown, joined by my co-host. What's good? What up? What up? Shout out to AK Mo. Yeah, for another excellent episode of a Technical File Podcast. It's going to be a great one, too, you guys. Well, it's a, a reckoning today, so. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. What up, Luke? What's going on, people? This is Luke, man. Back at it again. One third of the three sports of tears, man. About to have a, ha- about to have a hell of a show, man. About to have a hell of a show. <laughs> I wonder why y'all so energized today. I wonder why. I'm always energized, man. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't know, but it seems like today is a special reason why y'all energized. I don't know. It just seems, it just seems like something something more than usual, I guess. No. It, it's normal when it's you, but, you know. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, man, we're, back. We, we're here with a show uh, a day late, man. We had some uh, personal matters to attend to last night. Uh, just know that Tacoma Public Utilities is a piece of shit organization. That's all. But uh, yeah, I won't get into the stories too much because I don't want to get pissed off here in a in a in a, in a public setting. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's why we coming at y'all a day later. But uh, what's good, man? Uh, this tournament, this tournament. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go ahead and start. Um, you know, I don't want to bury the lead and all, but uh, it was a sad it was a sad day uh, Sunday night. Sunday night about uh Sunday night about what seven ish West Coast time. It's a real sad, it's a real real sad night. My time blue, of death. That's yeah. the that was the time of death, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, my Blue Devils. Uh, uh, man, had a had a tough defeat at the hands of. Uh, <clears throat> oh man, at the hands of. Uh, whew, 
South Carolina. <laughs> have a hard time getting it out? Yeah. We'll yeah. get it out, bro. Get it out, <laughs> Yeah, at the hands of South Carolina, man. The South Carolina Gamecocks, <laughs> who, who ain't been relevant in like 17 years. But, you know. Relevant now. Nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, yeah, nonetheless, they're relevant now. They beat Duke 88-81 in basically a road game. Basically a road game in the NCAA tournament. Oh, nah, we ain't trying to hit it, no, man. No, no, Don't make no, us go. Listen, listen, Don't make listen. us go back in the tapes listen. where you was dismissing Luke about the whole Duke getting uh, home games in Greensboro. I, I will. I will say this: there has been many. Duke travels well, okay, don't it? Listen, we travel. Listen, we travel. Listen, listen. We're a universal brand. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man. I am not gonna put this on the schedule makers or the NCAA committee. Duke just got the bad bad luck this year, man. You know what? It had had Marquette win. I don't think the South Carolina thing would have made any difference. Unfortunately for Duke, South Carolina ended up advancing, and it became a road game. I mean, there's been many a year where we played NCAA tournaments in first rounds, second rounds in in Carolina. So these things are cyclical. So. You know, I can't make too much of it, man. I will make a, I will make a lot out of the officiating, man. That was one of the worst officiated games I've Come ever on, seen. Man. Stop, dude. Oh, Listen. So, okay, so some yeah, of those, so some some of those guys in trouble too. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not saying they didn't. But we're gonna act like those, some of those foul calls weren't iffy on I both on both one, sides on both to sides. Me, to me, only one of them was really bad. The one where Amir Jefferson, uh. They called it on him at the half court line where they yeah. had the guy trapped. Yeah, yeah, I call, I agree with that. Yeah, that, that was, was horrendous call. Yeah, but that other than bad. that, I think it was tip for tap bad calls on both sides. So you can yeah. see it was oh overly South Carolina. But that's Carolina, what I said. That's, that's what I, said. I never said it was overly South Carolina. I just said it was the one of the worst officiated games ever. Like I think it was it was bad on both sides. I think it affected Duke more than it affected South Carolina because South Carolina was able to make continue to make plays, man. Huh? You know. Not like that. They made free throws. What were they like? Twenty out of twenty-two or something? Yeah, yeah. As a team? Yeah. Or, or is it that just the ACC is overrated? Oh yeah, we, well, we can get into that too because there's only one ACC team left. Out of see. how many? I, I, you put nine tournament and you only got one to reach the Sweet Sixteen? Hmm. And I recall a certain somebody talking about the ACC is trash. As Look, a, as a, they <laughs> said the SEC and the Pac-12 were, tr- were trash, and I'm like, well, the, the Pac-12 is just like the ACC. They're top heavy. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. How yeah, many? Just, how many SEC and Pac-12 teams are left? Three and three. Luke, you how, got your how hoodie. How much humble pie do you have to eat today? Luke, you got your hoodie. Did you get your hoodie yet? Did you get your Duke hoodie yet? Because I ain't forgot about that. You got my what? Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> I ain't forgot about the bet. Hey man, don't be trying to bring out the past, man. You gotta live with this one, man. Oh, I'm gonna live with it, man. I'm gonna live. Listen, look, I, I'm gonna write the obituary on the Duke Blue Devils season, man. Listen, uh, but you can't take nothing away from South Carolina, though. No, no, I because Coach K knew. You could tell that Coach K knew this was about to be tough. He said it before the game. He was like, "These dudes, this is probably the most physical, toughest defensive team we faced all year long." Listen, and I, that's exactly what happened. Be told, they were in their faces. Truth be told, I I was what, a little what worried. Where went? What? College basketball player, and, and he he was the best player. He, he should be the player of the year. Exactly. They got in his grill, and they got in Grayson Allen grill. He's garbage. That's why. Like, I'm, 
Listen, when you put them hounds out there, man, when you when you go out there and put five athletic guys on the court, say, hey, man, get a shot. It ain't that easy, man. I'm telling you, him and Jason Tatum are two different animals. Okay. Luke and all looks good when he's playing against other white boys. I'm going to be honest with <laughs> you. When you put him out there with thoroughbreds, boys who are just athletic, like, all right, man, go go lock him down right quick. Yeah, because Dorsey and Thorwell were in his face. It looked a little different for Luke Kennard, man. It looked like he ain't played against brothers in a while when he's playing. Yeah, Dozier, Dozier and Thorwell, they were all in his grill all night long. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me when uh when uh when uh Jeremy Lin went, went on that Lin Sanity tear, right? And then they went to Miami. <laughs> and like and like they put all of like they put LeBron and D Wade on him. It was like, all right, man, let's see that Lin Sanity. He had like six points. <laughs> it was like, yo, what the fuck happened to Lin Sanity? <laughs> it's a different level, man. <laughs> uh, are y'all finished? Nah, man. We y'all finish or y'all done? Y'all finish or y'all done? Nah, well, all right, bird man. What's going on? Listen, listen. Nah, man. I'm good. You know, I had a couple days to marinate, man. I had I had a couple days to let this loss sink in, man. And uh, you know, truth be told, I was a little worried about this game coming into it because I, I kind of figured it. It, it, it kind of looked like it was one of those games that that Duke trap game. It was one of those trap games. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. You, you can't say that the venue didn't play a role in it. I'm not saying that it was unfair. Look, we just got the bad luck of the draw. I'm not, I'm not debating that. Well, the most, North Carolina fans were in that room for South Carolina too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. But, that's what <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying, though. That was basically a 90% South Carolina crowd, basically. And that played a role in the game. You can't tell me that didn't play a role in it. North Carolina, they doubled down on y'all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but that's what, I, but that's what I'm saying though. You can't say that you can't say that the venue didn't play a role in that in that game. Like it, it, it clearly. I say, did. I say it played some a role. It was but, some of it. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think, he had those boys ready to play. He it, had them ready to play. They were prepared and they played the game of their lives. Absolutely. I, I'm not saying that that was the reason we lost. Because if we if the if the game would have played out the same way in Wenatchee or in you know Tuscumbia, Alabama. It would have been the same result. You know what I'm saying? Like Duke would have probably lost because we didn't play well in the second half. Oh no, yeah, Duke missed. That, they were they played that horrible. Being, that they beat being, y'all ass in the second half. But they scored, oh yeah, they scored. They scored what? Sixty five points in the second half. They scored sixty five points the crazy, in the second half. And that's, that's like the crazy record. thing. And that's the crazy thing about it though is we came out in the first half and we was able to kind of withstand that pressure. We we played well in the first half. Actually, surprised me. I thought we played better than than I thought we would have. We had a lead. We had control of the game. We had a good tempo going into halftime. And, and I just, think they wore y'all down, though. Yeah, I think they yeah. Pressure over time, I think, man. I think, I think, and, and Duke is not really that deep. So, of course, y'all was good in the first think, half. You know, that nutrition started to play a, a problem here, in the second half, man. Here's, 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 my, here's the analysis that I'm going to bring as I kind of write the obituary on the Blue Devils this year. I think this was one of the first years that I think Coach K's philosophy of, of not playing a lot of guys, I think it came back to hurt the team. I think that's. I think. I think. I think four games and four nights. I think this team was worn out by the time they got to the tournament. I think they were a little worn out. Um, I think the lack of depth definitely affected them. I think the fact that South and then, and then again, this is not taking anything away from South Carolina. But South Carolina impressed me. I, I'll be honest. I hadn't watched a lot of South Carolina play all year. Um, I saw a couple games, but nothing. You know. I don't know too many people in the nation that were watching South Carolina Gamecocks basketball on a on a nightly basis, weekly basis. Unless you, no, they weren't on TV. Unless, unless you live in South Carolina, they were one of those teams, so you didn't see them on TV. 
Yeah, that's what unless I'm saying. Unless you got SEC Network. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, unless you're a South Carolina or in South Carolina or a South Carolina fan or, or, or alumni, like, I don't know too many people in the nation that were watching South Carolina play on a nightly basis. But, you know, so, of course, I don't think anybody expected the athleticism, the defense. Well, statistically, we knew that defensively they were one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, it was top five in the country. Yeah, yeah but until five. you actually see them play and, and, and you know, yeah, you know, can analyze it. I seen them. I seen both of their games against Kentucky this year, and they they were legit on the defensive end. But you know, Kentucky is sometime this year. They yeah. show up when they want to show. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, I think the lack of depth definitely killed Duke, man. And and, I, and just to kind of write the obituary on this team, man. I mean, I think this is going to go down as one of the biggest disappointments in 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 Duke history, man. I mean, this team was yeah. was touted as the consensus number one team. Uh, this is a team that had. You know, two guys that were bona fide top five picks coming into the year. You know, another two guys that were at the at the very most first round picks. You know what I'm saying? So this was a team that everybody expected, you know, to to be a not just a good team or a great team, but a but a, but a behemoth, a juggernaut. And for a lot of reasons, I think it just didn't work. I think injury. I think they have a lot of distractions. They have distractions this year too. I think injuries definitely. If I had to, if I had to put a you know, a figure around it. I would say injuries played a, a, a huge role in it. I, I just think that when you have so many injuries to so many key guys, you just never get to gel. And it's not like the NBA season where it's 82 games. You've got time to kind of kind of get in the rhythm and flow things. I mean, college basketball is basically, what, 30, 35 games? You know, it's not enough time for a team to gel in that, in that, in that time frame, with, especially with injuries. And then I also think, I just think it just didn't fit. Just something was off. It just didn't fit. The pieces didn't. You know, sometimes these teams, you take a shot, you build these super teams, and it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It doesn't. The pieces don't all come together. And I think that was the problem with Duke this year, man. It just didn't come together. It didn't. It didn't work. They never. They never looked consistent all year, though. Like even when they were winning, I was like, eh. You know, yeah, they're winning, but eh. yeah, there was a something. The even in the ACC tournament, I knew this was gonna happen because even you guys, you were excited about winning the ACC tournament. But every game you had to come back. Like yeah. every game you had to dig deep, and that's what that's what happened. You saying you're saying that you guys weren't deep enough, and the four days and four nights killed you. But you don't win the ACC tournament without being that short of a leash. Because if y'all have went to y'all bench in the ACC tournament, y'all would have lost in the second yeah, round. Yeah, we would have lost. So, so, I mean, it plays both. It, obviously, it plays. And I'm the guy that, that sat here on the podcast and said that I don't like teams that play too many guys because I feel like it works both ways. I feel like you. I feel like teams can get in trouble when they play too many, too many guys, and then when they play too little guys. And I think it works both ways. I really do. Well, yeah, I think, I think which I go seven feet. I mean, don't play ten or twelve. I mean, like, I mean, don't play seven. Either. I mean, we but play, it, everybody. We play, it depends on like how the coach manages it. We play Florida State. They didn't do a good job of managing it. They have a they go eleven twelve deep and they fell apart. But North Carolina also goes eleven twelve deep and they're doing a good job of managing it. Yeah, I, I just I think uh, I, I just think I think for, like with, with us like we play seven deep and name only. Like realistically, we were six deep. I mean, let's be real. Like, yeah. like we were just basically yeah. six deep. We were six deep uh, until basically late in the season, where we got some. You know, Jackson started to come on, and Giles started to get his legs up under him. Um, you know, for the most part, though, we were basically a five-six man team, and I think that hurt us. I think it hurt us all year. I think it definitely. And, hurt and Matt us. Jones did not have a good year at all. 
Yeah, his his shooting. Well, his I mean, Matt Jones' shooting has been off for really two years. Really, the last two years is his, his, his. But I can't. I'm not gonna put this on Matt Jones. I mean, you know, Matt Jones has. But, but he shots. really didn't show up. Yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> but, but Matt, I can't put it on Matt Jones, man. No, no, like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> This nigga Mo ain't trying to give no nigga a pass. God damn. Mo hold everybody accountable. Put the feet to the fire. Put everybody feet to the fire, nigga. Shit. Fuck it. But no, uh, I mean, look, I'm not going to blame on, on Matt Jones. I mean, if, if, if I'm blaming the fact that Duke didn't advance on Matt Jones, then we have some serious no, I'm not problems. saying. I'm not saying it's all him, but... As far as y'all's depth, he didn't oh, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, if Matt Jones played like Matt Jones played two, three years ago, especially on the championship squad. Like, of course, like it's not even an it's not even a debate. Because, like Luke was saying, Jason Tatum was the guy. He was the only guy to hey give him the ball and he he gonna get y'all a shot. Tatum had the uh, the team on his back for yeah. for a while. And I think I think Luke got worn down. Um, I think I think if, if there was one player that I think all the game I think the the, the lack of death and the, and the games and the physicality I think definitely wore on I think it was Luke Kennard. Uh, I think it definitely I think it wore him out by the time he got to the tournament or the season and I think by the time he definitely got to the ACC tournament and then by the time he got to the tournament tournament it, it really wore him down because he was just not he didn't, he wasn't himself I mean you can hate Luke Kennard I think he was all but I mean he was not himself in those games. Yeah, when you looked at him earlier in the year, he was playing really well. And then towards the end of the year, going into the tournament, even before that, he wasn't really yeah. as good as he was earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, I think also defense plays a factor on it because, like, it's it's just like college season is just like the NBA regular season in a way. Like, people take nights off in college we'll, basketball we'll, just like they do in the we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Trust me. Listen, man, and yeah, we are, but. But when you go to the tournament, like I said, when you went out there, you seen South Carolina play. They it, they had thoroughbreds that can run. Yeah. And just hey, we we in your grill the whole game. This you ain't getting no easy shots. There, there's no such thing as a free layup in the NCAA nope. tournament. So no, no, absolutely. I think you kind of get exposed about your athleticism, and a, a lot of people think you know basketball is a lot of skill, but in college basketball, a lot of it's just athleticism, man. Like if you can make a jump shot, cool, but. If you're more athletic than the other team, nine out of ten times you're going to win. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and South Carolina was, uh, yeah, South Carolina was way more athletic than you guys. Have you seen it with the Kentucky run? You know the, the Kentucky run when they, when they had a terrible seed, what they was like the eight or nine seed that yeah, year. Yeah. When they when they lost in that championship game, they were just more athletic than them. I'm not going to sit there and say I'm not going to sit there and say specifically athleticism because I, I feel like athleticism is one of those overrated traits like. Like, like Florida State was super athletic, and they lost Xavier. Like, so yeah, but they're on a great defensive team. Either, but, 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 yeah. but that's the thing. But that's the thing, though. Like, also, it's a problem when you play twelve people. I think if Florida State played eight people, they would have beat them. They played eight men. Dude, they, Xavier, Xavier, like Xavier embarrassed them, man. You can't say that, man. Xavier, I watched that game, the, the entire game, sadly. And and they and they ran them off the court. Though when you play basketball, if you if you play a sport and you wrote if you constantly subbing me in and out of the game, there's yeah, four, no but way. That's the point, but that's the point. That's, yeah, he doing it. He doing it four or five guys at a time too. That, yeah, like there's no way. That's there's, the point. I don't though. care who you are. That's what I, I think. That's what I think cost that Kentucky team a couple years ago. That that the the, the, yeah. the team that was famous for the for the um uh, for the for the depth. I, I yeah. see what you're saying. All I'm saying is, I think athleticism gets a little bit overblown sometimes. Like I feel like, I, I think at the end of the day, 
the team that plays the best get you know the best basketball on that given night skillfully is gonna win. I, I I don't I don't necessarily believe that it's just athleticism or it's nine or it's athleticism and something. Like I think athleticism is definitely a part of it, but I don't think it's the it's the it's the only thing or the major key. Not to quote uh, DJ Khaled, but <laughs> but you know I don't think that's the only thing. Like I feel like sometimes athleticism gets a little bit overblown. I, I don't know. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. I'm not gonna sit there and say like you know this team won because they were just more athletic than everybody. I think at times that plays a role. Definitely, I'm not sitting there saying that. But I, I also think skill set, playing the game the right way. I think all those things come into and making plays. At the end of the day, basketball is about making plays. And but South Carolina, they but South Carolina, they're athletic, but they were also disciplined. They were one of these athletic teams that's just wild. It's different when Here's you have thing. an athletic team that's that's offensive minded and mm-hmm. they're just out there running and gunning, as opposed to a team that's athletic, mm-hmm. but they're a defensive minded team. Listen, at the end of the day, I think I think I, this is how I'm gonna sum, summarize the Duke loss. I think South Carolina just made more plays than Duke. I think South Carolina oh, yeah, I mean, it, was the, on some one of the shots those they were making. I mean, they were just like, hitting shots like, oh, oh man. Somebody said it. I was listening to a, podcast, a Duke podcast after the game. I was like, yo, not, if Duke and South Carolina played anywhere but that facility nine, nine times out of ten, I, I, at a, and they played ten times, Duke probably wins six or seven times. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't like, know I, like you, you might think athleticism doesn't play a role, but I think it does. I think it plays a major role. Yeah, I think, it did. So you're going to sit there and say that some of the shots that... The physicality and it, what most say the discipline that they play with, like you said, it is more than just athleticism. But when you have the athleticism with that discipline that they show, then I mean, it's it's hard to beat a team like okay, that. Okay, I agree. Especially, hold on, hold on, especially if you don't have the same caliber of guys they have. You guys only have one or two players that can play up to that tempo, up yeah. to that caliber. Taylor and Jackson, that's about it. it. Outside of that, everybody's a skilled player who can just get by. Like that—that's what it is. Like you might not think athleticism plays this major role, but there's a reason why West, Russell Westbrook is considered the best player in basketball at this moment. He ain't overly skilled. I would disagree with that one. But okay. so, go ahead—he's more athletic at this at this at his position than the people he's that he's going against. Now, skill does balance it out when you have the athleticism and skill. It balances it out. I get it. Overly athleticism isn't going to be overly skilled every time. But that game I saw, I was like, mm, if you play ten times, I, I, I just you four okay, or five. Okay, granted, like, I, you, I'll give you, I'll give you the athleticism argument. But but be honest, Luke, they was hitting some shots that. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, agree. I totally okay, agree. Okay, because you. because they my counter play, because my counter like, because my counter to that is because my counter to that is okay. You take the athleticism, you take all that that goes along with that that you just said, and you made a very eloquent valid argument but then i can come back and say if they play 10 times they're not going to hit those shots every time and that's what's going to be the counter that's what i'm saying that's what's going to be the counter. And their free throw their free throw shooting really killed y'all especially in the second half exactly because at one and, point i was like and these Duke dudes are really gonna, and, i saw guys going up to the free throw line and shoot like 60 percent exactly usually that's what i'm saying and like, they were like I six think, or six I seven think, seven i, I was think, like oh yeah these think, dudes are on tonight I think South Carolina played the game of their lives. That's what I really do. I, I think South Carolina played. That was a crusade game for South Carolina. That was a game that that was their that was their Super Bowl. That was the NBA final. That was whatever make whatever comparison you want to make. That was their crusade. That was the game of their lives. 
You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like that's the balance. And, I, and you can also make the case that Duke, if they play 10 times, Duke doesn't miss the shots that they make or that they, that they, that they miss in that game. Duke plays a lot better, you would think, in most of those games. I just feel like I hate these arguments of what... At the end of the day, we can have this argument all day. South Carolina won. That's the only thing that matters. Um, so, we can we can write the obituary on, on... I think South Carolina has a good chance to get into the Elite Eight as well. Playing Baylor, I think they could... I think they match up well with Baylor. I do. I think they match yeah, up well with Baylor. They're a mirror of Baylor. They're... Yeah. they're I, I actually I actually think they have better skill players than Miller. I can see that. Uh, outside of Motley, Motley's the best player on the floor, skill wise. Maybe Wainwright. But I think I think South Carolina has more dangerous offensive weapons. Cause that point guard, that little point guard, man, he killed us. Yeah. He killed Duke. I mean, in the second half, that dude just took over. He's from Brooklyn too. Um, the little cat, the little cat with the headband. I think his name was Pfizer. Was it Pfizer? I don't know what his name was, man. Honestly, but um, he fucking... he a freshman. He a freshman too. Yeah, the freshman. Legit. Yeah, the freshman dude. He killed dude, man. He killed dude. So him, him matching up with that little light skin dude, um, that Baylor got, that's gonna be an interesting matchup. That's gonna be a definite. Inter- I know. Ma- I know Madison Square Garden is pissed off because <laughs> the last thing they thought of when they <laughs> when those fans <laughs> bought tickets <laughs> was South Carolina Baylor. And uh, Wisconsin and uh, um, what's her face? What's the what's the other team in the in that region? Wisconsin and uh, who's Wisconsin play? Damn, who's Wisconsin? Yeah. Play? I can't even think of it right now. I can't think of it right now either. I'm gonna blank on this. I'm blanking on it right now too. Who the fuck does who's Wisconsin play? Florida, Florida. Oh yeah, Florida. Yeah, that's gonna be another tough defensive game. I think Wisconsin. That's, that's, win. Yeah, oh yeah, that is. So that's we can, four I mean, defensive so teams. So we can, so we can, so we can kind of move on from Duke, man. You know, we'll we'll, we'll have time to break down. Well, I guess before we, I guess before we move on from Duke, man, where, where do you kind of got? Where do you guys see the future of Duke? Obviously, Duke is not gonna fall into obscurity. Obviously, they got another top. They're probably gonna have another top class coming in next year. But I'm, I'm not even looking at the recruiting class, but just where do you guys see this current iteration of Duke, of this team, going? Do you guys obviously Tatum is gone? He already announced he's he's going to the draft. Everybody in the world knew that. Um, but outside of Tatum, where do you guys see kind of the major players on this team going? They staying? They coming back? Where do you guys kind of see everything playing out? Hopefully, Giles stays. Yeah, Giles has to stay. I think he. I mean, if I was him, I would go. Like. Shit, you're still gonna be a lottery pick, so don't fuck about her at yeah. this point. But if he stays, he still lottery with all with all the depth in this draft, he'll still make lottery. I think he's top ten. I mean, because you draft off potential, and especially you've seen you've seen what um I don't Philadelphia know. did I don't draft the big men sit a year or two. Okay, you say that, but you look at a Joel Embiid, who you thought when Joel Embiid came out but wasn't ready. Embiid, but the thing, but the thing with Embiid but, was he didn't have the injury history that this guy had. That this guy has. Like, and he had more. And he actually was playing well. When MB was playing, he was dominating. I, I, I will say this: I, I can see Giles going late. I think you can't pass on the talent. Like I think you can't because if you look outside of what you got, you got Tatum, you got Monk, you got you got De'Aaron Fox, you got. Uh, I even think some people will pick him before they pick Caleb Swanigan. What? Yeah, I mean, because you you draft according to p- potential. 
Caleb Swanigan is a big man. Big men are extinct. If you are really overly athletic, I can see, I can see the Caleb Swanigan argument. What about what about what about? Uh, but then you're not gonna take him over Bam Adebayo. Ah, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. It's true. What about T.J. Leaf? Marketing. 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 I'm taking those three before I take him because I've seen them produce. You would think. You would. You there, would think there that. Are, there there, still, there are a lot of dumbass GMs in the Harry NBA. Harry Giles being something special. There's a lot of dumbass GMs in the NBA too. Exactly. That's what. I, that, that's exactly what I'm. Yeah. I, yeah I, if you say it like that, then okay, I see where you're coming from. Out of out of thirty teams, teams, out of thirty teams, out of thirty, we know what Caleb Swanigan is, right? We know this is. You know, you Caleb Swanigan is going to be a fifteen and ten guy when he gets to the NBA, right? Harry Giles has the potential to be a twenty-five and ten guy. I mean, of course, we just drafting off potential. So you know, it's some dumbass GM like, yeah, Harry Giles is better than Caleb Swanigan. I think there's a lot of dumbass GMs in the league, uh, as we know. I think out of 30 teams, there's 23 of them that are dumb as fuck. So, <laughs> so I, I just think that one of them will. I, I, I can see him being drafted like right outside the lottery, like like 17, 18 in that range. I don't see him. I think. I think going into. I think. I think. Because you're, you're not factoring in all those European guys that some of these dumb GMs are gonna pick. Yeah. Some of those guys are already rising up draft boards. I, I think from a basketball perspective, I think Giles should come back. From a from a from a human standpoint, go. Obviously, it's always going to be go. Yeah, yeah. All of these guys. Yeah, you, you got to get paid. But I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, but I, don't analyze, I don't. I don't analyze it from a human perspective. Obviously, we do a sports show. We, we're going to analyze it from a basketball perspective. So, from a basketball perspective, and obviously, I'm a Duke fan. From a selfish perspective, selfishness perspective, <laughs> I'm going to say. Definitely come back, but I don't. I don't see Giles coming back. I think Giles is just gonna because I think Giles is gonna look at it as okay. What if I get injured again next year and then yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm done. Yep. And and that's why I say as a basketball and as a as a human, I would say leave just because you know at this point, like if I get if I sustain another knee injury, nobody's gonna draft me. Yeah. You know, exactly. like so it's either. Never get drafted because now you're going to be labeled as the next Lamar Odom. I mean, uh, Greg Oden, Lamar Odom, uh, Greg Oden, or mm-hmm. you, uh, you go now, man, and, and make yeah. the money what you got to make, man. Yeah. I, Absolutely. Somebody's going to just all, potential alone is going to get him drafted. Potential alone. Yeah. And so, all right, so moving on, then. Uh, obviously, we talked about Tatum. Tatum's already gone. Uh, Luke Kennard. There's a lot of rumors that he's going to be in the, in that late uh, late to middle first round. Mm. Um, I'll say late, late, me too. Early second round. Mm. Early second uh, round, yeah. yeah. You look at all the mock drafts; they got him going in like the teens. Nah, it, I think that would be bad for him though. I think he needs to go to the right situation. Yeah, he needs to go somewhere where, like, to the Spurs or something. Yeah, I think he needs to go somewhere where they can use his skill set and somewhere where he will fit in. Because he's going to end up being Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison, you you go high, they're going to expect a lot from you. Or the kid from, uh, what's his name? Stauskas? Yeah, Nick Stauskas. Yeah. You would end up being Jimmer for that. I'm just saying, man. Listen, I think like, he's more, I understand. I think he's more like you than have those guys, though. With, with that skill set, you have to you have to go into the right situation. Instead but you, of but you can say that about every you can say that about almost every draft pick. In a way, yeah. that you got to be in the right situation. I mean, your top five, your top I mean, five picks are normally uh, you can yeah, go anywhere. Uh, anyway, like you guys, yeah. but outside of the top, outside of the top five, 
But outside of the top five, I mean, you can say that about any guy in the draft. So, I mean, yeah, look, that, I, well, that's what I say. It's about his fit. So I think you know he's better, like Mo said, a San Antonio, um, a Cleveland, uh, yeah. a Golden State, somewhere where you're not pressured into being relied on mm-hmm. instantly, and you personally, can mature into a player. Personally, I, and, and I'm higher on Luke Kennard than you guys are, obviously. But um, I think personally, Luke should stay. Uh, I think he should stay another year. I think he should. Get, I think he should work on his uh, on his stamina. I think he should work on uh, his 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 body get stronger. Um, you know, kind of handle contact better, physicality a little bit better. I think he can work on those things. I think for me, because I also think like, because there's an argument that well he should go because his draft stock may not be as high as it ever. This might be as high as his draft stock ever is anyway. And true from that when you look at it from that way, you know, absolutely, but. At the same time, skill-wise, right now, I don't think he's quite ready to go right now. So I, I would say for him, I think the best thing for him is to come back. Plus, he comes back next year. He works on those. Because I, I, to me, I'm high, obviously I'm higher on him than you guys are. But I think, he's a very, I think he's a very good to great player right now at the college level. And I think if he comes back next year, he, he makes some improvements on those little things that, that, that I just pointed out. I mean, he's going to be the man at Duke. He's going to be the guy at Duke. So next year. So... I, why not come back, be the best player on one of the best teams in the country, work on your game, and be the guy? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I think. That's what I think. Will it happen? Who knows? I, that that would be my recommendation if, if I if I was looking at it. Um, next guy, um, Grayson Allen. He has to go. Got to go. Yeah. Should have left last year. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, his stock probably was higher last year. See, the, a lot of people make the a lot of people make the comparison between Luke Kennard and Grayson Allen because they were in the same boat that they were this year. Or Luke Kennard is in the same boat this year that Grayson Allen was last yeah, year. Yeah, Grayson was one of the best players in the country. Uh, gotta go. You know, so you guys think he should go? Definitely. Yeah, you gotta go. I mean, because you gotta think. Um, the more, like the more, the more Coach K starts to recruit these phenomenons, these one-year wonders, these one-and-done kids, the less action you're going to get with the ball. Like you really got Grayson Allen stood out last year, but this year you really got to see how much better a Jason Tatum is than a Grayson Allen or Luke Kennard. Oh yeah. You know, another kid comes in, he stays another year, and you got another freshman that comes in, seventeen, eight years, eighteen years old. And is the best player in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And then your, your start really drops because you're starting to compare. Like, it's hard to compare people who aren't on the same team. But it's easy to compare when they're on the same team, playing the same amount of minutes, who's getting the ball, why are you getting the ball, why you get more touches. And then you start to understand who the better player is. And your stock just continues to drop. And there's going to be more. In the, in the NBA, you draft, you draft during the youth. I mean, it's a youth movement. So you, the younger you are, the better you are. Cause the more yeah, for real. So you could be in college. You stay in college three years. They tell me you old. Yeah, yeah. it's 20. They're 20 years old. Yeah. They tell me you're old. Because no, they're only, because they're only, because they're only looking at your NBA upside. A chance to mold people. And like you can't mold the 21-year-old, 20, the 22-year-old. Well, you can, but it's harder when you, you get them when they're 18. So they're Because they're looking at the upside. Because they're, mm-hmm. they look at it as a senior in college who's played four, three, four to three, three to four years of college. They're thinking, why did you, they're thinking, why did yeah, you stay that stay four years? Or, or they also think about it. He's as good as he's ever going to be. Yep. Yep. You reached your ceiling. Which is kind, of a, like which is kind of a dumb argument because 
you're not as good as you're going to be at 21 that you would be at 25 and at 30 and then 30. Like I, I've never really understood that argument. So it's always a, that's I why personally I think guys. I personally think guys are a little more developed when they did stay three or four years. I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, I agree. Also, I think you have once in a generational players who can go from. Obviously, I mean, you always have those one year. You have years. you always have those one those 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 just those physical gifts of gods. Like obviously, Carl Anthony Towns was one of those. Porzingis was one of those. Kobe, LeBron, KG, 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 G. You know, physically, I'm talking yeah, about yeah, the mental aspect. I mean, yeah, and, 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 that, and, that, and that goes into that too—just the physical gift of God. Not even just, not even just the physical part of it, but also the whole package, everything. That's just a gift from God. Those guys are just, those those guys are just a rare breed. You know what I'm saying? So you're gonna have a. Well, few I'm thinking the guys that stay three years—they're a little bit That's more mentally saying. developed. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, Porzingis would have succeeded. Whether he stayed one year, four years, five years, etc. Oh, yeah. you know, because that's he different. just was he just was a different LeBron breed. James, that's Carl different. Anthony Kobe Bryant, yeah. You know, Kevin Garnett, those yeah. guys, they they cut from a different cloth. Exactly, but I think I I just hate the argument that oh well you stayed four years at Oklahoma so you're not gonna be any good. Like I I, I don't understand that argument. I'm telling you right now, I would rather build around Buddy Hield than Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis stayed one year in college, and where's Tyler Ennis at? I mean, I like Play, I like those guys playing mop play. up, playing mop up duty for the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. But, but you can say the same thing. Uh, you know, but you your, your starting point guard in Los Angeles was a one year kid. Yeah. And who would you rather build around, D'Angelo Russell, or would you rather build around Buddy Hill? If you ask me right now, I'd probably say Buddy Hill. No, I, I would pick D'Angelo. I think his potential is still too much. <laughs> I think with him, once he mentally, he just needed more time to mentally develop. Because like yeah. uh, Byron Scott was saying, the dude was like a 14-year-old when he came into the league. No, it's, it's, it's from each standpoint. I can understand both sides of it. I can, But I think like once you reach the two- to three-year plateau, I think at, at this point, the more you play with young guys, the the more, I mean, the less you're, I mean, the more you're going to decrease in value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. So you look at Grayson Allen. I think Grayson Allen was a top-15 pick last year. Now they talking about the end of the first and round. Plus, and plus, and so, plus, and, and plus, and plus is the is the is the shiny toy syndrome. You know what I'm saying? The the, the yeah, Jason exactly. Tatum's yep. of the world, the shiny new, new toys. Wow, that, those are the iPhone eights, and those are the iPhone nines, and those are the those are the flip phones that can basically fly in the air, as opposed to the reliable BlackBerry that that gets the job done. You know what I'm saying? It's it's that it's that age old argument. You know what I mean? It's 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 that the shiny toy argument. So I, I mean. Yeah. You can kind of go. You can kind of go at it in many different ways. Um, and just to kind of wrap it up, Grayson. I, so let me give my little two cents on Grayson Allen. I, I personally, I don't think him and Luke will both come back. I think one or the other will come back. Um, if I had to choose right now, I think Grayson Allen. I think Grayson Allen leaves and Luke comes back. But like I said, I can see. But I definitely see one or the other coming back. I don't see both, especially with Wendell Carter, who they just signed, or they signed a couple months ago. Another shooting guard coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't see both of them coming back. Um, and then the last guy uh, is uh, Frank Jackson. He's definitely coming back. Yeah, he's back. He's a, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely one of the kids. He's a Coach K straight out of uh, recruitment, uh, recruited. Like you can tell, he's coming back. I think he has potential, though. 
to, to, to be in the NBA, but I think he's coming back just because he, he seems like a kid that loves to be in school. Like he, he seems like he just loves it. He enjoys playing college basketball. Yeah, yeah he likes like the whole college experience. Yeah, not he just, just basketball, but the whole thing. Yeah, he, his 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 personality and the way he treats college basketball, it reminds me of Joe Kim Noah when he was in Florida. You remember when he was like, mm-hmm. Joe Kim Noah should go to the NBA, and Joe Kim Noah was like, for what? Like, I'm having fun. Like, why the fuck would I go to the plus, NBA? Plus, Joe so, Kim Noah had a, had a million at that, too. So that, that, that didn't hurt either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't help. That did help. But even though, like, he knew his, at the end of the day, he wanted to be a basketball player, a professional basketball player. Yeah, absolutely. The goal is NBA, no matter if you got money or if you don't. Yeah, but if you enjoy it so much, it looks like he, like Jackson, looks like he's having fun out there playing when he plays with Duke. Most people go out there and they be like, "Hey, man, this is a job. This is to get me to the next level." Uh, Stepping stone. He, yeah, he doesn't seem that way. Jason Tatum seems like, "Hey, I'm a hoop, but look, nigga, like this ain't. This ain't <laughs> I'm not here for. I'm not here for Duke. Duke here for me type shit. Like I'm, I'm looking out for Duke type shit right now. Like, I don't care where I go. Jackson looks like he was a kid that wanted to go to Duke his whole life. Like, it's, it's Duke and only Duke. And I want to be a four-year starter at Duke. You know, th- that type of kid. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, it it, I think, it looks good. I think I think, uh, Luke Kinnard, I think Luke Kennard is the same way. I think Luke, when he first got to the league, I think when he first got to Duke, I think Luke was that guy too. And I think eventually, I think what Luke will do is, I think he'll enter the draft, but he won't hire an agent. I think he'll get some feedback, and then I think he'll weigh, do I really want to go be, you know, the 15th pick? And go play on a bad team, not develop and and stunt my development, or do I want to come back to Duke and be a man? And I think that's what I think he'll wait at. I think he'll wait at. So we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, man. Moving on uh, to to the tournament overall, man. What was kind of your snapshots of of the entire tournament over the first weekend? I know we're I, we're currently recording live during. Uh, the Sweet 16 games tonight, so um, we won't spoil it for anybody that's currently watching or whatever. But uh, you know, what was just you know your your, your snapshots of the first weekend of the tournament? The ACC uh, is overrated. Overrated. What time? What time does Maryland play this weekend? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Big still in, right? Yeah, yeah. Big How many teams? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got a few teams left. Yeah, um, it ain't represented by Maryland. I know that. Hey, but it's, they ain't represented by ACC. Ain't represented by Duke either. Uh, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the, only, the only hope the ACC has left is North Carolina. Fuck ain't that me. sad? You got roof for North Carolina. I'm not really, trust me. I would um, lose North Carolina if I had cancer. So um, that's my synopsis, though. In the real, you 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 argue to put nine teams in out of ACC, which I said was way too many. Way too many. Should have stopped at six or maybe seven, but you got nine teams in. And you only made one team made it to the Sweet 16. We now, talked about this before the tournament even started, before they even made yeah, the picks. And, we, and we were arguing this, and we had our, our esteemed hosts over there talking about, the ACC is loaded. The Pac-12 and the SEC are overrated. They're just, a Pac-12 is top-heavy. and that, Well, it looks like the, the ACC wasn't heavy at all. Okay. Um, <laughs> we argued about the Duke being a two-seed. That was my synopsis. This is what I honestly think Duke got what it deserved wanting to be a two-seed. Because I don't know how they became a two-seed, but you gave them that two-seed. You know how they became should, a two-seed. You should have been better off a three or four-seed, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, you, yeah, uh, yeah. Hindsight, yeah, they should have got that three or four. Hey, you know, so um, 
Ah, it's hard, man. That's what I see. I think the Pac-12 is, is coming to a fruition. I think you're seeing how good the Pac-12 actually is. I think you're you're starting to appreciate the SEC a little bit now. Like, oh, shit. Like, when you start to see them, like you said, you don't see South Carolina games. So when you see Kentucky beat South Carolina twice, you're like, well, it's South Carolina. And then when you see South Carolina in the limelight, how how defensively tough they are, how athletic they are, how they play in the end, you're like, damn, maybe South Carolina ain't a pushover. And, and Florida, and Florida, yeah, that's the North boys. But when you see them, when you see them in the national limelight against other teams, because you only see them when they play Kentucky. So you're like, oh shit, maybe they are a little bit better than what I thought they were. Instead of instead of focusing on your own conference, instead of just focusing on the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, whatever it is, you start to see these kids from different conferences. You start to say, oh shit, maybe they can really play. Yeah. And what I took away from is Wisconsin was definitely underseeded big time. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Man, they said I mean they set Villanova big time with that one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was the trap of all traps, man. They trapped them with that one. But they won the national championship two years ago. That's what most people don't understand about that Wisconsin team. No, a lot they, of those no, teams they were not. Right. No, 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 yeah, that definitely was a setup game because, <laughs> woo! I was like, damn, they beat these motherfuckers like they stole something. Like, come on, get off Villanova neck like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that would be my biggest observation of the tournament. Uh, uh, Wisconsin definitely beating Villanova. That that was that was to me eye opening. I mean, I kind of saw it coming. In a way, but I kind of figured Villanova would still figure out a way to do it, figure out a way to win the game. But, I mean, Bronson Koenig, Ethan Happ, uh, you know, what's the boy's name? Old dude name. I keep forgetting it. Um, Hayes? Yeah, Nigel Hayes. Uh, we're just too tough. I mean, I, I think Wisconsin's going to the Final Four. I mean, I, I just think they're they're a talented team still. They're they're a gritty, tough team. They know how to play in in, in this tournament. Um, Wisconsin's just battle tested. I mean, that's the best thing I can say about Wisconsin. They're battle tested, man. Um, so that was my snapshot um, of the tournament all weekend. As a whole, was just Wisconsin was underseeded. I thought Wichita State was underseeded because they should oh, yeah. they should have they should have easily beat Kentucky. Kentucky, no, Kentucky I, got bailed out. Nah, I think Kentucky was just too talented for him. No, I think Wichita State got, got shafted being a Tennessee. I think they got fucked. Like yeah, they got screwed. Team. They definitely were underseeded in this tournament. Yeah, you looking like come on? Why, why is Wichita State playing Kentucky? In playing the Kentucky game? in the second round. That, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like which exactly Wichita State deserved that. They didn't deserve that seating right there. Like, come on. But I, but I, but I, I wanted to go back to something that y'all said. You know about. Um, you know, the ACC, and look, obviously when you look at the, the by sheer volume, the ACC only has one team remaining. The Pac-12 still has all the three big teams remaining. Obviously, the Big East is being represented. Uh, the Big, t- you know, the Big 12. I-, I think these things are cyclical, man. Honestly, I really do. I, I always kind of hate those arguments of, well, this conference was the great, because we heard, you know, how many times we saw that a couple, a few, you know, even five, six, ten years ago with the Big East. 
oh, the Big East got 15 teams in, and then they all lose in the second round. Like, I feel like it's you say, because when 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 the SEC is, has when playing for national championship games, you're the first person to yell the SEC is overrated. It is okay, so, okay. So, no, but, 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 but okay, but but here, but here's the thing. If if you're if you're just if you have no dog in the fight, if you were watching, if you just didn't watch basketball, college basketball on a daily basis, and you had to pick the talent of the SEC or the talent overall, I'm talking about the entire leagues combined. The talent of the SEC or the ACC, you're picking the ACC. Come on now, be be fair, be honest. You're picking the ACC. Not. Yes, you are. I think to me the best the best conference in college basketball is the Pac-12 right yeah. now. I disagree. I, I, disagree. I completely disagree. I, I completely disagree. No, it doesn't. The Pac-12 is very top-heavy. It's got three great teams. The, the, this, 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 but this is hey, hey, but hold on, hold on, hold on. You keep saying that about it's top-heavy, but what about USC? Because you argue up and down about how USC shouldn't be there, and, and Cal should have been there, and USC damn near messed a lot. Of, they beat the hell out of two. So do you guys agree? Okay, so do you guys agree? They shouldn't be Baylor. Do you guys agree that some teams just get hot in this tournament? Like, I don't think this team, I don't think this this tournament is is a representation of the entire year as a whole because I think it's very different a, a four to five month season as opposed to three weeks. Like, I, I feel like you can't. Like, sometimes I think USC is a it's a decent team, it's a nice team, but are they as good as they played in this tournament as a, as opposed to what they were for you know? Four or five months? No, I don't think so. Like, l- l- let me finish. Let me finish. Like, I think the I think the Pac-12 gets the shine is because they have three, no doubt about it, great teams, or at least very good teams. So the ACC is full of mediocre teams. No, mediocre no. Good I teams. think I think. Listen, listen, listen. This is how I would break down the AC, the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 has is is top heavy, and then they have a very good to great top. They have an average middle, and they have a terrible bottom. The ACC as a whole has got a pretty good top, eh, a good middle, and a eh, bottom. Overall, like to me, if you take – all right, so take – if you put Clemson in the Pac-12, Clemson is the sixth best team in the Pac-12. Easily. No. That, though. You don't know that. You don't yeah, know, you don't know that. that. Okay, because so you put USC in the. You okay, so if you put USC in the ACC, what happens? You don't know. They're Clemson. You, you don't know. Listen, because you have to understand that USC plays UCLA twice a year. They play goddamn um, Arizona. Arizona and twice a year, and then they play Oregon twice a year. Okay. So you don't know what that does to you when you go play. Let's say when you go play Oregon. Um, or Oregon, yeah, you go play Oregon, and then you come back and you got to play USC, and then right after that you got to play UCLA. That's an easy three-game losing streak because you're looking at the two big dogs on the ends. Oh, you and, can and, easily and, lose and, that and, middle and game. Clemson plays so Duke. You they play North Carolina. They play Syracuse. They play Louisville. Really? Yes. Really? Okay, Syracuse. Right. Okay. Syracuse. Right, you, okay. So, so, you put, gonna, so if you put Syracuse in, so if you okay, so if you I put. Think, I think the Pac-12 is better than the ACC. I disagree. And it's obviously been shown. I said this before the tournament, and it's obviously be shown and reflected in the Sweet 16. It's obviously uh, okay. There's, there's no there's no argument to that. Well, and it'll be proven. It'll be proven when UCLA. Uh, if, if you have the best teams, you should be playing right now. There's no there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. The best team always wins. Yes, because if you if it was the best the team doesn't always win in college. The best team does not always win in college. Teams that won, we win. 
he would be having a different argument. The best team doesn't always win in college. That's the beauty of college basketball. The best team doesn't always win. No, they do not. Okay. You got nine. You had nine in. The odds are in your favor when you have nine teams in the tournament. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. And if you should have at least four. You should at least have four teams that advance. Let me, let me ask you a question. And if, and if all eight, eight of them lost by now, if, if you only got one in the Sweet 16, that means yeah, you were kind of overrated. Yeah, because they should have. At least they should have had Louisville, Duke, mm-hmm. North Carolina, and Notre Dame, and let, we all had all four of them picked. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. And now there's only North Carolina. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask both of y'all a question. In 2010, the 2010 college basketball season, who was the best team? Duke won the national championship, but who was the best team? That was the John Shire, Kyle Singler, Lance Thomas, Nolan Smith team. Who won the national? Duke won the national championship that year against Baylor. But who was who was the best team in the country that year? Okay. Okay. All right, Kentucky was the best team in the country. That's the year they had John Wall. They had Demarcus Cousins. They had uh... no, no, they were the most talented team. Yeah, I mean they were the best team. See, you're you're confusing talent with best. Like you you're confusing the two words. That Kentucky that's like team when Wisconsin. That's like when Wisconsin beat uh, Kentucky that year yeah. that they was they were going. Wisconsin Kentucky was the had the most talented team that year. That, that year when when Wisconsin beat Kentucky, Wisconsin was the better team. Yeah. Kentucky had the most talent, so you're confusing talent and so you th- so you so you really believe that the best team always wins in college basketball. Yes, I think I, the I best team always wins when you come in the tournament. Like I disagree. This. Yes. I disagree. That's why you see. That's why you why you see when you see an underdog, right? You see a team like a Wichita State a couple of years ago, or a team that comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh my man. gosh, how did they surprise? They were the better team. Just when you get five freshmen and you play them together, they're not going to be better than five seniors. I don't give I don't give a how talented you are. Like at, at a point, because the game is breaking down to who can run their offense. Because how many how many championships did the five five win? Exactly. Most talented team, not best team. I get that. I, I I completely agree with that. And I would I would throw Duke into that category. I think Duke was the most talented when everybody was healthy and on one page. Yes. Duke was the most talented team in the country this year. Yes, but they, they just didn't get it. I get that. They weren't the best team. But this is what I'm saying. My argument with you is, you said that the most ta- the best team always wins in college basketball, and I completely disagree with that. I completely disagree that the best team always wins. Now in the NBA, the best team always wins. The best team always wins nine out of ten times. Yes, you have your Dallas Mavericks years where a team out of nowhere gets hot and wins. You know what I'm saying? You have one of those. I think last year, clearly, Golden State was the better team. But LeBron just got on a on a run for the ages, and the Cavaliers upset them. You always have those years here and there. But for the most part, eight out of ten, nine out of ten years, the best team always wins in basketball. College basketball is a little different. I think the tournament is a lot like the baseball postseason. It's about, you know, a team gets hot, a team starts hitting their jump shots, they get confident, they get hot, they make a run. I, I really believe that. I really believe that. I don't, I don't, I, now, of course, you can make the case that, well, the team that won the national championship is the best team because they won the national championship. Of course, you can, you can always make that case. I, I just don't always agree that the best team is legitimately always the champion in, in college basketball. And I'll throw my Duke team into that. I, I, I don't think we were the best team in the country in 2010. Um, but moving on, man. We're not going to agree. We're going to sit here and go in circles on this Pac-12, uh, you know, SEC argument. Or SEC. The SEC is better. ACC is better. Pac-12. 
These things are cyclical, man. If the ACC yeah, we're really trying to say they better. We're just saying they were better than what you gave them credit for. Yeah, exactly. But I never bashed the I never bashed the Pac-12. I said the Pac-12 has t- three great teams, and then the rest of the Pac-12 is eh. That's what I said. That's what I said. You put USC in the ACC, what happens? You don't know. That's what I'm saying. You can't say that. You can't. Okay, say then that. I, I can you say the same thing. I can say the same thing about Clemson. I, if I put Clemson in the ACC in the in the Pac-12, I, I, and that's I, exactly what I said. You, you, yeah, he said we don't know. We don't know what they'll do. You don't know. You don't know when you start playing these powerhouses on, and you got a three-game stretch, and they on each end of your goddamn the three-game the three-game streak. You lose three in a row, shit. That could be your season. You can start. You can start going down trail. You don't know. I feel you. I absolutely feel you. Absolutely feel you. That's why it's a beautiful argument. It's a beautiful argument, man. Let's move on, man. Let's move on because we're not gonna get anywhere with that, man. We're not gonna get anywhere with that. Uh, let's talk about uh, something that really, 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 really irked me this past weekend. Not not Duke losing. That that devastated me more than irked me. Uh, something that really just pissed me off, man. Oh, what's up? LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love and the entire Cleveland Cavaliers organization making a mockery of the NBA season. And, and oh, spoiler alert, this is about to be a rant, so bear with me. This shit has got a, Adam Silver, the NBA Board of Governors, I don't know what y'all got to do, but this shit has got to stop. This is this is becoming this is an epidemic now. Like, let's call it what it is. This is an epidemic. This shit is disgraceful. And I'm not and I'm not gonna just rag on this because it's LeBron and I hate LeBron. Because every team does it now. Every team does it now. I mean, you got losing teams doing this shit. I couldn't believe it in December when the Kings gave the Marcus Cousins a night off at the 20th game of the season. I couldn't believe that shit. I'm like, first of all, the Kings, the Kings can afford to give the Marcus Cousins a night off? Really? Really, the Kings, who have been a disaster for ten years, really, that's what that's what that's what we're gonna do. Okay, but this shit has got to stop, man. This is this is disgusting. This is making a mockery of the NBA regular season. The NBA regular season means, I mean, we always knew that the NBA regular season was was not as great as everybody hyped it out to be, or the league wants you to think it is. But now it's just an embarrassment. Now it's just meaningless because when you have great players basically saying, eh. Call me in April. It's an it's an it's it's a joke. It's a joke. And for the Cavaliers to sit basically their three best players, and 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 it's one thing. It's one thing if the Cavaliers, you know, decided to rest LeBron, the big three, in Game seventy eight of the regular season again. You know, a, a, a home and home against the the Nets. I don't like it, but I can understand it. And they decided to rest their players, like, you know. Uh, 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 yeah, because they even do that in the NFL. They even do that in the NFL. Like, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Not like, not to this effect, man. Can, can you? Uh, I'll get to let, let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. game 77, 78 or something. Let me finish. Let me finish. What happened the other night is, can you imagine Tom Brady, you know, in week six? Eh, yeah. I don't want to play the Colts. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to play the Colts. I'm just gonna rest up for the. You know, my leg has been a little sore. You know, I, I, I've already won five championships. I, you know, I'll take a break. I, I you know, I, I play next week. I play two weeks, coach. Can you imagine that? 
that's a different but that's not fair that's not fair it's a different sport like you I get it it's not fair it's not fair to compare different sports you know it's a different mentality a different culture I get that but can you imagine Michael Jordan in game 60 in 1997 telling Phil Jackson you know what I don't want I'm not playing against I'm not playing against the Knicks of the Garden oh, I'm not, oh, forget that I'm not playing against the Lakers and Shaq and and, and Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones in, in L.A. at the at the forum. Yeah, I'll take the night off. I got to rest up for... Uh, I got to rest up for... Let me just... I got to rest up for... It was interesting. I was watching the Knicks and the Jazz game the other night, and they asked um, John Stockton this same question about how he felt about it. And uh, he was like, hey, I mean, I, I played all 82 games. I loved every minute, and I wasn't... I would never want to take a, a, a day off. So I think it's a different mentality, too. Because well, every time I've seen them ask somebody like that from that era, from the 80s, 90s, any of the other old school players, they're like, what? Taking games off? Like, that sounds crazy to them. And that's why I think you see, and that's why I think you see the old school player ragging on the new school player. Because I think they feel like these guys are soft. They're pampered. It's that AAU mentality that they come in. Like, oh, we'll play what we want to play. You know what I'm saying? We want to play with our friends. You know, you know, they're, also, they're, they're not interested in the chase anymore. They're interested in, you know, you got guys that have been in the league five years. When am I going to win a championship? Like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and also, another aspect of this is that these dudes are sitting up and taking these games off. It's the, it's the games that they're doing it on, too. Like, why are you doing it on a Saturday night prime game? That's when these dudes are doing it. Exactly. And you guys just got all this money from this new uh, deal. You're about to get no, more money next year. That's what they're paying you all this money for. Exactly. It's for you to play on the prime games. Y'all just got paid, and now y'all sitting these games out? That's the bullshit right there. Yeah, absolutely this is where y'all bullshit. getting all this goddamn money from. Some of these mediocre players, too, are getting paid. That's mm-hmm. where you're getting paid from. It's from this damn TV deal that y'all are sitting games out on. And this is the other aspect of the sensing, right? From the fan perspective, man. Uh, you know, can you imagine if you were a middle-class family that can't afford to go to games all the time, and the one time you can take your father, you know, you're a father, you can take your, you can take your son to, you know, there's a Clipper fan out there. There's a Clipper fan, a family of Clipper fans out there, right? You know what I'm saying? You got a son that's a huge, you know, Clipper fan, and he might want to see LeBron James play. This might be the only time in his life that he might get to see LeBron James play in real time, in real life. And LeBron James decided, eh, you know what, kid? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I gotta get ready for. I gotta get ready to destroy Milwaukee in four games in two months. <laughs> See you then. Yeah, so that's that's what I used to do when the Sonics were up here. That's the only way I would go to a game. I wouldn't go to a game if they were playing like the Bucks or something. But when LeBron James came up here, back when the Sonics were playing, I went to the game. When Kobe came up here, I went to the game. Those are the only games I was going to. Was when there was a superstar coming. So back then, I'd have been pissed off too if I went to a game and LeBron James wasn't playing. I'd been mad as hell. And the thing is, also, if I, if I'm if I'm TNT, if I'm Turner Sports, if I'm ESPN, I'm on the phone the next morning with Adam. Hey Adam, I'm giving you fourteen million dollars for the NBA. The, the NBA TV contract. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The TV the NBA, deal. The TV, the TV contract is twenty one billion. Nigga. If I'm if I'm John Skipper at ESPN, I'm like uh, Adam, put the put the put the biscuit and coffee down. Um, what the hell is your league doing? I'm paying I'm paying eleven billion dollars for these games, and you got your star player sitting out in LA, a marquee matchup. I mean, this isn't you know Cavaliers Lakers. I mean, this is Cavaliers Clippers. Your guys. They played the Lakers game. They set out the Clippers game and played the Lakers game. Yeah. 
I'm, the league needs to do something, man. The league seriously, seriously needs to do something because this is becoming an epidemic. This is becoming a disgrace. You're you are basically you are basically what what you're seeing here is you have your star players, your best players in your sport saying we don't care about the regular season. We don't care about the and it's one thing for fans to say that. It's one thing for fans to say that because the NHL goes to the same thing. The NHL regular season is long and drawn out, but those players play their hearts out for 82 games. When your when your best players are saying, you know what, call me especially April. when they're not hurt. Like hey. if they got an injury or something, okay, all right, maybe you know, it still sucks. But these dudes not even hurt. They're not even hurt. And and the person I blame for this is Greg Popovich. He started this. Oh, that's what I thought. Oh, oh, because I was waiting to talk. So he, I hear yeah. all this. I hear all this defaming. I think is a big thing because LeBron did it this week. Oh, oh no, oh, no. It was wrong when, when no. Pop was doing it too. Because I'm saying it, we didn't say shit regret. last week or two weeks ago when Golden State sat every motherfucking body. Oh no, I didn't like it when they did it either. I'm talking hold about, on, hold on. I'm talking I'm about Yeah. Now all of a sudden, LeBron does it. It's a uh, like what LeBron said a couple of years ago when there ain't no milk in the grocery store. Bring LeBron James. Like don't you can't you can't stop it now. We're at this point. Greg yeah, Popovich yes, did it to Tim yes, Duncan. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can stop it now. You can stop it now. Yes, you can. Listen, no, you can't. Yes, you can't. You, can. oh, no, you can't say, "Hey, it was okay then," but since you're LeBron James, you can't do it. You can't take a night off. But that's the thing. I'm not looking at it as just LeBron James. I don't like when anybody does. Yeah, I don't like it when anybody does it either. I totally agree. If you if you if you're healthy, you should play. But then again, you have to look at it from the standpoint of the player when they've been saying, "Hey, you're playing us four games in five nights." You're making your money, you billionaire, and this is the only way. We don't like we don't like protest protesting when it's not on our terms. This is I think it's the way the players protesting. You're not gonna play me on a back to back. We have enough days, we have enough travel where you so, can play me every other day. So if there's a scheduling. So they, they've been complaining. They, hold on, they've been complaining the last five years about this 82 game schedule where it shouldn't be 82 games. They're not gonna cut so, their games. They said, "Hey, we shouldn't be playing 82 games." Like, cause like Manny said, nobody cares about basketball until after football's over. So around after Christmas, the Christmas time game is when basketball starts for us. Everybody knows that prime time Christmas time basketball. That's when you start paying attention. The new year rolls around. This is when you start worrying about the NBA. So eighty two games. You're starting to look at it. You look at that Cleveland squad. They get hurt every goddamn ten games. It ain't like all them dudes is playing every week outside of LeBron James. Everybody's hurt. This is what is your argument to that? Analytics say the and you brought and people brought the the NBA willingly brought analytics into the game. They willingly brought it to the forefront. First of all, analytics say analytics. you shouldn't play back to backs. First they say all. when you get tired, you're more injury prone. Listen. So it's a scheduling issue. If they change the scheduling, then yeah. not the games, but change the scheduling. That's that's been the big thing. You have to either downsize games or you change the scheduling. They're not downsizing games because they're not going to take their hits in revenue. Exactly. So. At one point, you're going to say you're making all this money, but you think about it. Like, you think about a, not the mediocre player, but you think about a LeBron James, how much money he really should make in the NBA. If LeBron James say, I want to take a day off, he should be able to take a day off. So, because if he's playing in a free market, LeBron James is making $100 million a year. LeBron James can say, hey, man, I'm underpaid. Here's I don't get paid enough to play 82 games. Here's my thing, Luke. Here's my thing. And you bring but what about, about were they playing these back-to-backs five years ago, ten years ago? Yeah, that's not yeah, but it, but then age also comes to it. Also, you gotta look at LeBron James has been playing seven or eight straight summers. 
No, but I mean the the last the previous generation, like I was saying earlier, with Stockton, Malone, Barkley, Jordan, were these guys playing the same type of schedule? Um, I believe yes. so. Yes. I, I understand. I understand why the I understand why the 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 prior generation of players are upset. They like, hey, we played through this. But then again, you can't you can't get mad for progression. That's like me getting mad because you used to sit on the back of the bus and I don't no more. You get mad at me. He got all that freedom. Don't get mad at me for the freedom. Like, I, I appreciate you gave me gave me this path. However, now it's upon it's upon me to to move it forward. Shit, that's like Oscar Robinson getting mad that you got you riding on a private jet. Right. And they used to have to fly, uh, fly public. Oh yeah, they have to get up and fly first thing in the morning. Yeah, you can't. See, well, I would have done this. Well, I, you don't know what you would have done if you're in this generation. So you're saying because they have the opportunity. Yeah, your vibe is there for them. Yeah, your, your, your the whole system changes. The, the, the culture is changing. The culture in the NBA has changed. There's no like you ain't able to fight no more. You ain't able to go in the stands and smack nobody no more. You ain't able to do this shit no more. So I, I don't like when people from the past say, well, back in my day, yeah, in your day, LeBron James would have played 82 games because that was the culture. In your day, Steph Curry would have played 82 games because that was your culture. This isn't the culture anymore. The culture has changed. Listen. Everybody's part of it. The fan, the player, ownership, the commissioner, everybody's a part of it. Back then, David Stern would have sued me, man. He would have fired the shit out of you. Adam Silver was a, a player's commissioner. He's not going to do that. That's not oh, what he's he, going to do. Oh, so if anything, that. for me, I don't want to see any more sitting out. But they can do something about the scheduling because they're not going to cut yeah, games. I see the schedule. Guys aren't going to play back-to-backs, man. That's, that's just it. They're not going to play it. They've already, that's, that's their stance. We're not playing back-to-backs and getting hurt. We're not going to do it. Listen, can I respond? Can I respond to what you said? First of all, fuck Or at least they can cut minutes. If they're not, don't sit him out, but at least let him play, reduce his minutes then. Yeah. Listen. I, I agree. I don't like to sit out either. I don't like to sit out. But and then the owners aren't, they don't care about you buying your individual ticket. They don't care about you going to that one game. They care about people who are the lifetime, the, the season pay, uh, ticket holders. Those are the people they care about. And in all honesty, when you buy a ticket the day of the game, a week before the game, they don't even see the revenue for that 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 ticket. They see the ticket. They they worry about their season ticket holders. And when they sell those tickets, they get the revenue. That's how they make their money. That individual ticket you buy off uh, uh, sports stubs or or the yeah. NBA.com, yeah, they don't get that money. Been sold they don't by care. Tickets. Yeah, you spend three hundred percent above those market already, value for the ticket. Already, the ticket was already sold. Listen. Can I, can I respond, man? Listen, first of all, fuck analytics. Analytics is my biggest issue that I have with baseball now, and I and I hate that the fact that it's infiltrating its way into basketball. Analytics is stupid. It's an, it's a numbers don't, but you, it's you can't say that because numbers don't lie. You can't say fuck science. No, I, it's not science. It's these <laughs> geeks that sit in the lab and think that they can reinvent the wheel and and, and think that oh well, I think that you shouldn't string at a high fastball because high fastball. Well, no, no, you can't really say that because no. when it comes to other issues, no, like, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. You got people saying global warming doesn't exist, even though you got all these scientists using analytics that show this true. You can't say fuck it. It's the same thing. Man, he wants to use it when it's convenient for him. No, it's not convenient. I, I want to use it when it's about nature, when it's about when it's about when it's about science. Well, not when it's about analytics. Oh, can I finish? Can I get my point out, please? <laughs> my problem. My problem is. My problem is with this whole thing is okay. You made great points about. First of all, this isn't progression. The, the idea that this is progression, no. The fact is, 10 years ago, they played the same schedule. The scheduling has always been a problem in any sport. 
Baseball, for one, is a he. Nobody has a tougher schedule than baseball. They play 162 games in 188 days. Nobody has a tougher schedule. My thing is okay, and players in baseball complain about the schedule all the time. They play. They complain also, about the contracts. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. They complain about the they complain about the schedule all the time. But I like to think that Derek Jeter is gonna play against the Tampa Bay Rays on a Sunday go you know getaway game. He's gonna play that game unless he's just physically ill or by by his manager's choice he's gonna give him a break. Derek Jeter's gonna play that game. He's not gonna sit there and say, "Well, I'm not gonna play this this June game on a Sunday at, in Tampa against the lowly Rays because you know I gotta get ready for the Red Sox in October." That's bullshit to me. I'm sorry. That's not progression. That's not that's not forward thinking. That's laziness. That's laziness, and I'm sorry. 82 games is what you signed up to play. When you signed your name on that dotted contract, it's 82 fucking games. It's not 86. It's not 86. It's not 56. It's 82. Play the 82 games. You're making a mockery of the fucking season. When you, when the, difference, the difference is you're crossing sports. So in baseball, which is a, a, a capitalist sport, which is a guaranteed contract, capitalist sport, right? If a LeBron James go, played baseball and they said he was worth $100 million, LeBron James will get $100 million a year. No matter what you say, if his value is at that market, is at that market. A player like LeBron James can say, hey, I'm underpaid. I am worth $100 million a year to this franchise, but you only pay me $30 million. You owe me $70 million. Are you understanding it? Are so you understanding it? So, so is Mike Trout not underpaid? You're basically giving me at a cheaper concept. So, so is no, you're basically giving me at a cheaper value. So is Mike Trout not underpaid? That, huh? So is Mike Trout underpaid? Tom Brady's, uh, Tom, Tom Brady's underpaid. Yes. Mike Trout is underpaid. But 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 you're not paying. Leonel Messi's eventually underpaid. Mike, Mike, eventually Mike Trout is going to be overpaid. That doesn't happen in basketball. Albert Pujols is overpaid. It, it, it doesn't happen? It doesn't happen no, in no, basketball? No, listen, listen, eventually it happens in baseball. Bobby Bonilla, we just had this conversation last time I seen you. Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid by the, Met, the Mets, right? <laughs> this won't happen in basketball. So, this won't happen. So in, bas- so in, ba- so in basketball, they don't overpay people. I'm just saying. After Shandon done, Anderson, not- Ben Baker, <laughs> Alan Houston, Eddie Curry, uh, Andrew Bynum. <laughs> Uh, now, are they are they, are they uh, LeBron James? Because we're talking about the I'm people not saying, who are sitting I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. You just said you just said that the players don't get overpaid in the NBA. Mike Conley got 150 million dollars. Mike Conley. He's probably worth 150 million dollars no to me. Memphis. Look, look, stop. Come on now. That's 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 saying, insulting. Come on now. You're not in the Memphis area. You don't go to these games. You don't watch the games. You don't watch the Grizzlies. Elvis is worth you're 150 just, million dollars to Memphis. Not no damn Mike Conley. Are we talking about market value, or are we talking about just value to the team? I'm just talking about value to the team. I'm talking about to to the area and to the team. So when you put a person like let's Actually, say, because people are gonna pay to come see Mike Conley. No, they're gonna pay to go. No, they're gonna pay to see Marcus Saul before they play Mike Conley. They're gonna pay to go see Tony Allen before they go to say Mike Conley. Well, what I'm saying is. Their argument to that is, I'm worth so much more. I'm worth so much more, even in the community, that market, on TV. You, you know, you just said they made a 21 billion dollar deal, right? With signed up with TV for a 21 billion dollar television deal. That's not even their their main revenue, but that's a huge part, a chunk of their revenue, right? Now, if you added up the total salaries of everybody in the NBA, I'm pretty sure it's not close to half of that. 
would they get 48 percent of the revenue that goes into the teams something like so 52 percent to the owners yeah it's 52 percent yeah, to the owners like and i think 48 to the players so they can argue that they're underpaid they're, they can argue there's there's a better way to to do this schedule without me hurting myself and never being paid again played again i get what you're saying man i mean it, it, it... We're not gonna have this. It's it's a it's an argument you really can't win about, you know, players resting. I just I think it's a bad look for the league, man. Personally, I think it's a bad look for the league. I think it sends a bad message. I, I can see both sides of the argument. I mean, I really can, but I just think I think overall it just sends a bad a bad message, man. But we gotta get up out of here, man. We got a short abbreviated show for y'all this week. Uh, so we're gonna do the fouls of the week real quick before we get out of here, man. Uh, fouls of the week, gentlemen. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Trump. I'm gonna go with Trump talking about NFL teams don't want to hire, don't want to uh, sign Kaepernick because they don't want to get a nasty tweet from him. Man, get up out of here. That's not that's not what it is. So the follow the week goes to all these teams that don't want to sign Kaepernick and lying about why they don't want to sign him, and all these stupid uh idiot ass people that believe Trump that that's the reason why it, it, it's dumb. Fucking idiot. Follow the week goes to. To all these stupid ass teams that won't sign Kaepernick, but will sign bums like Mike Glennon. Foul, foul, <laughs> foul of the week, foul of the year, foul of the century is Donald Trump as president. But anyway, Luke, all foul right. of the week. My foul of the week is to ESPN for not playing the World Basketball Classic on ESPN two or ESPN. But they did on um, ESPN two in Espanol. It was in. It was on ESPN Deportes. <laughs> No, it wasn't on ESPN2. It was on ESPN Deportes. Come on, man. I had to watch it in Spanish, man. Listen, I know my name is Anthony Lorenzo Lucas, but I don't know a lick of Spanish, man. So, um, so you don't, so, you don't got you don't um, MLB Network? Hold on. If you wanted the, the WBC to be a major thing in America, and then the U.S. won it. Shout out to the U.S. Shout out to the U.S. won 8-0 over Puerto Rico. You, should, you could have put it on ABC. You own ABC, too. You could have put it somewhere, man. You could have put it on ESPN3, ESPN News. You put, I get it. You put it on ESPN the both this. Good thing I got the uh, SAP channel on my goddamn. Oh, because that shit threw me too. I can oh. see it in, in English, but I couldn't follow it in. Uh, yeah. Everybody ain't like a host here that's bilingual. Yeah. Everybody ain't bilingual like Manny here, man. Everybody yeah, you guys don't look got like MLB Network. You know, half black and shit. You guys so, have uh, MLB Network. Um, but that's that's my foul of the week. You guys could have <laughs> did better with the the whole world baseball classic. If Agreed. you want us to care, you have to put it on the channels, man, for us to watch. Agreed. And I watched it all the way up until the, you know, I, I watched all the U.S. games. Even you though know I, why they did that, though, Luke? Because they figured uh, probably... They thought Puerto Rico was going to win. And they knew most of the Spanish-speaking people in America were going to watch it. And they were yeah. probably... Oh, Puerto Rico! Go my Boricos! And they were, hey, man, this shit ain't work out for them. Um, and, you know, I can go on the... the the Molina rant when he talking about some Adam Jones should apologize to him. That's another part of my shout out to my foul. He talking some he owes you an apology. <laughs> said because he hyped America. up his team because you playing the parade before the goddamn championship was over. Nobody celebrates being a loser, Yadier Molina. Don't don't, <laughs> don't don't lie and say you were playing in a parade regardless. You knew you was planning on winning, and uh, shit, you're a part of the U.S. anyway. You're a part of you're a U.S. territory. You're a U.S. citizen. Like, don't right, man. get get out. All that BS. Like, come on, man. You're an American. Stop, stop, stop with all that. Stop. All right, man. My foul of the week, because we got to go. Foul of the week for me is Brad Underwood, man. The new head coach of Illinois, formerly the head coach of uh, um, of Oakey State. Uh, the head coach, formerly the head coach of uh, Oklahoma State, man. 
Did you guys see what he did, man? He he fucking took the job at Illinois after only being in Okie State for one year. One year after he came from mid Tennessee State. You know, these coaches, man, these coaches are sacks of shit. I'll, I'll just put it that way. They're sacks of shit. They preach leadership. They preach, you know, being accountable and, and, and being, you know, this, that, and the other. And their money for being a team player. Yep. Yep, but when it comes to their next contract, when it comes to the next job, they're 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 willing to they'll they'll do anything. They'll cut any player. They'll go to any job. They'll they'll leave guys high and dry. These coaches are something else, man. It's a it's a joke. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. I wish I could get into it more, but we're running out of time. That's my foul of the week, man. Brad Underwood, a joke. You only gave Oklahoma State one year, really one year. You couldn't have at least two, three, at least two or three. One year, terrible. He probably didn't think he was going to get whatever they offered him. He probably didn't think he was going to see that in two, three years, probably. Which is still wrong. It's still wrong. Damn that. Damn that. But we're going to get everybody to get up out of here, man. Abbreviated show this week, man. Uh, But we're going to come back at y'all with a full episode next Wednesday, hopefully, if uh, Tacoma Public Utilities act the fuck right. Um, But we'll holler at y'all next Wednesday, man. Like always, man, follow the show on Facebook, The Technical Foul Podcast, on Twitter at TF Podcast One or DTF Podcast One. Uh, we're also on YouTube, getting ready to get that started and going. I keep saying that every week, working on it, man. I'm a busy man, but uh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Surely we're slowly. Uh, and yeah, man, listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, all that, man. Support the show, man. Support the show. Thank you for the support. Uh, the love, the likes, everything, man. We appreciate everything, man. Uh, for my co-hosts, Anthony Lucas and Big Mo, we are out of here. Peace. Here we out. You got, you got two minutes before they send the glue squad for you. <laughs> I'm recording at the library. They kicking motherfuckers out like at 8.58, man. So I got to go, man. Got to go. But uh, I'll holler at y'all next week, man. Peace. All right. Yep. See y'all, man. Appreciate it. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time.